Hey, what's up, guys? Christian Van Buren here. Uh, I'm the co-founder of Ripple Effect Fatherhood. And as always, I'm very excited to bring another outstanding fatherhood interview to you guys. Um, this gentleman, I, honestly, I haven't even known him for that long. However, we've had um, some great conversation since I've gotten to know him. Um, I met him through the insurance agency that I actually uh, work with. And so he's been, he's been a, a very good blessing in my life, not even just from our conversations, but from me seeing what he does in his own personal life. And he'll talk more about that here in a second. Um, but I'm just excited for the wisdom that he has to share with you guys. I'm excited for what I'm gonna get out of it. As you guys know, I'm always taking my own notes. So um, you guys will see me look down and write as he's talking, uh, because at the end of the day, if anybody's impacted from these videos, I know I will be, um, but I, we always wish and pray that at least one other person will be impacted, at least one from this video, and then we'll spread that blessing on to others, hence the ripple effect. So enough of that. If you're gonna wanna go ahead and uh, introduce yourself, brother. Hey, what's going on, my brother Chris? This is Edward. You know, people know me as ETE, but reality, ETE is, is everybody, right? ETE is you. So ETE, man, expect the extraordinary. That's basically a brand, it's a kingdom brand. And basically what we represent, it's, I believe that everybody should expect the extraordinary out of life, out of God, out of their day. But most importantly, in everything that you do, expect to deliver extraordinary, right? So, man, just like yourself, I, I'm also in a mission to bring light into this darkness, but most importantly, build up man, kingdom man, to become courageous, to become those type of man that they might have wished they had growing up, right? So I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to, uh, you know, definitely continue to build a relationship with you. One thing you mentioned uh, whenever we first started, it's how you and your wife started doing this, right? It, and it's the same story like me and my wife, right? I'm the face. Nobody really gets to see my beautiful wife. She's more on the back end, right? But she's the one that puts everything together, right? So without my wife, and a lot of this will not be going as smooth as possible. So, man, I'm excited to be here with you, bro. Amen. Amen. I appreciate that, brother. And, and, and shout out to your wife, Mrs. Mendez. Um, I know she'll be watching and I know she'll be very proud of what, what comes out of this uh, video, bro. So, so um, yes, yes, I, 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 I'm excited for this. Um, and it's funny that you brought up your wife so early because my first question for you, right, as far as fatherhood goes, is how does your wife's presence contribute to your role as a father? Man, everything, bro. Right? Everything. Because, you know, the way my, my children look at me, the way I treat their mom, you know, I'm giving the first view of how a man looks like treating a woman. Right? And in my job, it's to, whenever I look at my wife, see, I wake up every day at 3.30 in the morning. That's whenever I rise. And while most need motivation, my motivation is when I look to my left and I see my wife. And at that moment, I know that I got to go out there and hunt, right? That's why lion is my favorite animal. I feel like I have that spirit. In the book of Joshua, it talks about, you know, having that courageous spirit. Whenever we look at the scriptures, uh, God compares himself with two animals, one being the lion and the second one being an eagle, right? So... You know, whenever I see my wife, man, um, my duty is to protect her because scripture says he that finds a good wife finds something good, right? Nevertheless, you know, when, when I pray for my wife, Chris, like I pray for my wife. I prayed for her for five years. For five years, I prayed for her, right? I prayed for her. And my prayer was not, at first, it was a very childish immature prayer that we all might have done and that is god please bring me a good wife right god bring me a wife that looks like this and she's gonna be doing this and that was my immature prayer but then down the line my prayer became more like god i just thank you for this day i thank you for all that you do father god you know who she is you know exactly where she's at right now at this very moment 
I just want to pray protection over her. I want to pray healing, Lord God, if she's going through any type of trouble right now. Uh, if she has a broken heart, if she's in a relationship right now that it's not the best and she is broken, I just pray for her, Lord God. I pray that, that you start building her within, Lord God, that you start molding her, Lord God, that she seeks you, that she loves you, that you are healing her wounds. And Father God, allow a breeze of air to pass through her today and, and let her know in her heart that I'm one day closer to her, mm -hmm. right? And I would say that prayer. I said that prayer for five years, for five blessed years. So when I met my wife and I knew she was going to be my wife, I remember uh, I met Stacy 2019, summer of 2019. I was, uh, I was heading to California and it was me and my son, EJ, my oldest. And we were out there in Santa Monica, California on vacation. And and I would see this girl. I don't know how we became friends on social media. We were friends on social media. And I kept on seeing this young lady always posting about God and calling him Jesus Christ and saying God and, and not, not doing the whole law of attraction and the universe shenanigans. She was bold to call him Jesus Christ. And, and I sent her a message saying, hey, man, I, I do appreciate you being bold and calling it by his name and not just saying the law of attraction or the universe. Yeah. I said, that's amazing. I said, I can tell you're a kingdom woman, man. High five to you. And, and she didn't respond. You know, it was just one of those, you know, crickets type of deal. And it was cool because I wasn't trying to hit on her. I was just like complimenting the young lady. Right. Well, one month, about a month passes by duty. She basically sends me a message. I was living in Houston, Texas. She's living in uh, San Antonio. And she's a ballroom dancer instructor. And she was competing at high levels, dancing and, you know, like, like dancing with the stars type of deal. Mm. She sent me a text message telling me, hey, man, I'm going to be in Houston. I have a competition I'm going to be a part of. Would you like to connect? And I said, sure. You know, just do know at uh, that time I was getting myself ready because I was going to travel the world for a whole year. Mm. Right. And I said, yeah, but just, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to get distracted a lot. So sure, why not? Anywho, she comes um, and I invited her to my house. And at the time I was, I was going to car dealership, right? I was working out there and I told her to get to my house at six o'clock. And I told her, whenever you get there, I was living in a condo. I said, you're gonna get to the lobby. I'm gonna have my security right there. Just have them take you to the 11th floor and just you're welcome to something to drink and you're welcome to the view. I had a real nice uh, skyline view. and. So she gets there, dude, I didn't get home to like nine o'clock at night, three hours late. The moment that I walked into my house, dude, to, to, to open up this door and I see this beautiful woman in a black dress reading one of my books. She was just gorgeous. And I was just like, wow. Like, and I was like, get yourself together. Like, don't let her know that you're checking her out. Right? Yeah. And, and, you know, we started, we, we went downstairs. Uh, there was a little Japanese restaurant that I really enjoyed it. We ate. We came back home. She slept upstairs. I slept in my couch. Next day, we went to church. She went off. I didn't think nothing of it. Um, I thought she was an attractive young lady, but we started reading the Bible every day, me and her. And then I asked her if she had been baptized, and she had said no. And I said, why? She goes, matter of fact, I'm getting baptized next month in December. Um, so by this time, we were already talking for three months, just as friends, reading the Bible every day. And I shared with her that it's coming weekend. I was going to be baptizing a colleague of mine. So she goes, well, I want to get baptized. And I want you to baptize me. I said, cool. We went to church. After church, we go in and I baptized the first young man. And then we baptized her. But the moment that I baptized her, Chris, that's when the Spirit spoke to me. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. And it was God. And he said to me, this is the flower that I have set aside for you. So the moment that she, she, she came down into death and the moment she rose, right, she was a new creation, was the moment that God allowed me to see that I was my wife. Mm -hmm. See, prior to that, I thought she was just a pretty young lady. I'm in a mission. I'm about to travel for a whole year. I don't need no distractions, right? But this whole time, the moment she came up, I was like, wow, that's my wife. I felt it. Like, there was, there was no question no more. I felt that it was mine. So that day I asked her to be my girlfriend. She said, yes. Three weeks later, I asked her to be my wife. 
And then three weeks after that, she met me in Israel and we got married, we got baptized again together in the Jordan because I was just a dream of mine to be baptized in the Jordan. And so she did it with me. So we both got baptized in the Jordan River and then we got married in the Jordan River, right? And then from there, we started traveling together, right? From Israel to Turkey, Greece and so on. Um, but this whole journey has taught me that my job is how do I become better so I can be selfless and love my wife? You see, I, I'll be very honest with you at the beginning, even though I thought that I was loving because I was loving because I was walking with Christ, I realized something, Chris. I realized a weakness of mine because I will pray one thing that I pray every day is God, show me a weakness, show me a wickedness that I have in my heart, expose it expose it so I can see it because anything that I have in my heart will come out. Mm -hmm. So when I first remember our first year in our in our in our marriage, Chris, I realized I was very selfish. I realized that my love for my wife was not compared to the love she had for me. The love she had for me was a selfless love. My love was I'm loving you, but what are you going to do for me? Yeah, And I realized that so she taught me how to truly have an unconditional love that scripture talks about because of her actions, right? The way she has shown me love, the way when she's been in pain, she shows me love. So she has taught me how to have unconditional selfless love towards your partner, towards your children. But now it goes further. She's taught me how to do it to other people. Even if people are ugly towards me, how to still show love? So, yeah, she's made a big impact in my life, bro. Man, that is, I, I don't even have, yeah, I'm going to leave that. I'm just going to leave that for everybody who is watching. Um, I'm going to just leave that. That's That was beautiful. Uh, and I just want everybody to really soak that in without me just but it's blessed me i just want to say that it has blessed me a lot um and you know i guess i guess i'll say one thing one thing because i always want to say one thing but really really what i what i pick up from from everything about what you're saying is is that i mean it's just so important for i don't even know how to really put it into words but the, the love that you have for your wife and the, and the things that you've learned from her that have made you a better man like all that, like even though you are progressing yourself as a man, it's 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 it ties into the purpose of your children seeing you progress as a man, as a man who is after his wife's heart. You know what I mean? Like like and you know the way it should be as as a father, but but even the fact that like hey like I want my kids to see my pursuit after this woman's heart. Uh, all right, I, I, bro, I could, we could just have the whole conversation about that, but I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to soak it up with that. But I mean, at least did I, am I on the right track there? Okay, good. You're good, bro. I just want to make sure I don't, I don't word it wrong. And I'm glad you brought up travel because I have a question about that, but I think that'll come up later. Um, so my next question uh, is, you can get into much detail as you want, or you don't have to give any detail about your own experience of fatherhood growing up. But my question for you is, in what ways did your experience of fatherhood growing up uh, prepare or benefit you in your own journey as a father? Man, for sure, dude. Uh, it taught me what I did not want to be like. Right. Um, my mother raised my sister and I single until we were five years old. And uh, I would say that we were the happiest kids on the planet, my sister and I, because we had a woman that gave us unconditional love, a love that was just so pure and beautiful. So though on the surface, it might've seemed like we didn't have funds because we were, we were quote unquote poor financially, but we were rich because we had something that most rich kids don't have. And that it's, we had somebody that will hug us and tell us, I love you. 
you're going to be something someday. Like, I love you. You're beautiful. You're good. And then five years later, when they were fired, we get this guy that comes into our lives and he looks like the coolest guy on the planet. And then all of a sudden, the real person shows up, right? And he goes from being a, hey, man, I, I remember I was so excited going to school once I knew that he was going to be living with us because he got serious with my mom. I went to school because he was nice, dude. You know, he was cool as a fan, buying me toys. He was buying me, man, like, like, like getting me in, like railing me in, right? And once he railed me in, it was like game over, right? And I remember going to school and I was just like, man, I got a dad, right? Because I would hear kids talk about their dad and I was like, dude, I want that. Like, I want to tell somebody I have a dad. So I remember going to school and be like, dude, I got a dad too, man. He's a big dude. And, and then little by little, dude, the, the whole screen shifted. And while my mother was building me to have to, to be a young man with, with full confidence, he did the opposite. Little by little, he started to break me down. He started to beat me. He started to call me names. He started to, to you know, abuse me. You know, you know, just physically, emotionally, sexually, just abuse me, right? And, and I didn't understand, like, what have I done? Like, what did I do? Right, I was just a kid. And I was thinking to myself, like, this is the part that I walked away from if there was ever a God. Because I was like, you're not real, dude. Like, there's no such thing as a God. Because a God will not allow a child to go through so much trauma. Right, like, why? What did I do? Why could it not be like those, those, those kids on TV that have a, a beautiful family and they have a white fence and a nice house and the dog? Why can't I have that? Like, why do I have to go through torture? Right. So I will behave bad in school just so I can stay after school in detention because that will tell me that would take that will keep me one hour more to stay in school instead of being at home, mm. where I was gonna get probably beat, where I was gonna be told to do stuff, where I was gonna be called names, right? So growing up, I never experienced a man telling me I love you. In the contrary, I experienced a man telling me that I was just nothing. I, I will never forget this. this is, I, I did not know how to use my emotions, Chris, probably until five years ago. Um, I remember I was watching Armageddon. This is probably back in 98, 99. Mm -hmm. I was watching the movie Armageddon. Uh, he, he had just came out on uh, VHS. For those that don't know what VHS is, like a big box of like uh, when you play a old school movie. Right. Uh, so VHS, and we were watching it, dude. And, and it was the last scene, the last scene when Ben Affleck basically pulls that little straw and, and you know, that seems a little sentimental unless you're just like cold, you can't feel it, but anybody will get a little sentimental whenever, you know, Will's, Willis, he goes out and takes that host off and tells him, go inside, I always consider you my son, it's not your time, you take care of my daughter, right? But dude, that was the sentimental part, man, I was probably, what, about eight years old? Uh, nine years old, nine years old, dude. And uh, how do you call it? I remember like tears. I was sitting down right here, and, and my stepdad was in the couch right here, right. And so here I am, dude, and, 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 and I start to cry. And I was just watching a movie, and I remember all of a sudden I just ah, a big slap in the face from behind me, right. So it's just, I'm right here sitting down watching a movie, crying, all of a sudden somebody comes and bah, takes me out. So it's like, I got pretty big hands. So just imagine my hands going to my little five-year-old right now mm -hmm. and just bah, whack them, right? And just whack them and just, and then you looked up, I was afraid. I didn't know what the heck just happened. Mm -hmm. I'm in shock. My nose is busted, I'm crying. And now I'm being told to stand up and go to my sister's room and get a dress because I got to put on a dress on because I'm a little girl 
for showing weakness because I cried. And, and I remember I got beat because I said no, and then I got beat. And then eventually I put on the little dress on, right? But um, I remember that day I vowed to myself that I would never show emotions ever again. And I didn't, dude. So with my first son, EJ, in the beginning, it was tough until he was three years old. And, and then I was breaking. I was able to start removing some of those old, old, old shells off me. And I remember I told myself, it was EJ was three years old. I told myself I was not going to let myself be like that. So now I teach my children what I craved, right? Like I love them. I tell my wife at times, I don't understand how, how you got parents that have children, but they can't tell that child at least once a day, I love you. You are worth so much. But how can you not be able to do that? Mm -hmm. Right? Like my children do like, man, about a hundred times minimum. Will they hear me say, I love you, man. I love you. I love you. Like, I love you so much. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we'll go watch a movie and if it's an emotional part, I did this with EJ, my oldest. He was probably about seven years old. We went and watched a movie and, and it was a scene that was going to be a sad part. And I remember, I, you know, I took a little peek and, and I saw his eyes. Um, and, and he looked like he was going to cry, right? But he kind of looked at me. He kind of like stood up so I made myself cry right and then the moment I made myself cry he allowed himself to feel that emotion he started to cry and I hugged him and I said that is the that is a good emotion that you have that shows compassion I said this is a good emotion I said don't ever let nobody tell you that's wrong okay that makes you a human being. That means you can feel for other things. You can feel for another individual. That's going to make you stronger because you're gonna be able to relate to other people. You're gonna be able to have compassion for those that are going through pain. You're gonna be able to stand up for the person that's weak because you know that feeling, right? So in a, long, in a nutshell, now that I look back, Chris, for a long time, I craved and I longed for somebody to tell me I love you and not somebody but a, but a father figure that I used to feel bad and, and I thought that was my weakness. But in reality, I've come to discover that, have, that has become my biggest strength because now I can change that with my kids, right? Like I didn't have nobody to teach me how to be a dad, but the Bible right? Well, how did the Bible teach me to become a dad? I saw what Christ did for me. And if I could duplicate what Christ did for me and do that to my children, then I'm in the right path. See, Cruz, I don't know if you do or not. I believe in spanking, right? If you were to ask me how many times have I ever spanked EJ, my oldest, probably about three to four times. And it's live, and EJ's 15 years old now. But see, EJ now has respect, mm -hmm. right? EJ understands discipline, consistency, values. He understands how to look at a man or a woman in their eyes and speak to them. He understands how to pick up after himself, right? He understands how to work for the thing that he wants. He's not just waiting for mom or dad to give things to him, right? Mm -hmm. He understands how to respect his mom. My youngest, Joshua, he's two years old. The other day he went and playing around, but he went and he hit my wife. I went and I grabbed his hand, I popped out his hand, and I said, Dude, don't you ever put your hands on my wife? That's my wife. That's your mom, right? Now, I didn't do that. I understand he's two years old, but if I teach him young, right, he will understand what respect is, right? He will know that's my mama. Right, I, I don't pull my hands on mama, right? Especially not if that is my, my dad's wife. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, dude, it's, I love my childhood now, dude. Like, I love my life. Like, I love it because I became strong because of my life. And I'm not a weak person because of it. Mm. That's, 
Beautiful, bro. Like, and and, and like I said, I, beautiful is the only word that comes up to mind because I don't, I don't want to say I didn't. Uh, we'll have more conversation outside of this. I really want people to soak in your emotion and your passion behind your experience and and how uh, how it relates to you as a father, you as a husband, you as a man, um, and you as a follower of Christ. And that is, I just want you to know, like this is this is blessing me at the very least, and I know it'll bless a lot of others out there. Um, but I I I. The only thing I will say is it, I, I fully resonate with you on the point that you made that it taught you what you didn't want to be like. Um, and, and I really enjoy that answer because uh, in our world, um, sometimes our experiences, uh, well, we, we always have a choice uh, on how to take an experience. I mean, we can take the experience if it is a bad one and um you know blame others for it uh stay defeated because of it or we can take it and change the narrative right and use it to our benefit and that's what you right. did that's that's based that's essentially what what you did with your experience and apply to your to your role as a father and i think that that's extremely commendable and extremely amazing to hear about uh, especially the passion of your voice, bro. Like, I, I love it, man. I love it. And so, like I said, I don't want to say too much because, like, I just want people to soak in. This is about you guys. Every interview I do is about y'all as fathers, highlighting you guys as fathers and that. And I just want people to to, to really just take joy in, in the love that you have to be a father. So that was beautiful, man. So my next question uh, is if you could describe the joy of being a father to someone who has just found out that they're going to be one, what words or experiences would you use to, to allow them or to help them look forward to, to being a father? For somebody that is going to be new being a dad, mm -hmm. man, it's everything that the dad might think. Like, how am I gonna do this, right? But reality is that it's gonna happen. I think, um, man, you just gotta, I would say imagine if you can have the perfect dad, imagine that. And then you, you just, you give that to that child, right? You give it to the child and, and, and I would say the first five years, man, dude, uh, do not take those those ministers. Do not take no no that time for granted. Like, you know, my wife and I we talked about Thunderlegs. Thunderlegs is my little baby boy, uh, and then Jay Z. Jay Z is my second youngest. But Jay Z, whenever he was a little kid, um, he was what about five months old, dude. Uh, that dude would uh, he would army crawl. Like, so if you look at both of my kids, dude, like their upper body is defined. Yeah. Um, and so they have definition. They look like me, like if, like their shoulders. They look like if they go to the gym with me, yeah. right? Because yeah. they were army crossed, so we would take pictures, right? And, and and then the thing about it is, you never know the last day. Mm. You just never know. Do you? It, it doesn't come up and be like, hey, today's the last day that you're gonna see me uh, army cross, because there will be no more after this. See, you never know when the last day is going to be. So one day he started just crawling and then no more army crawl. So then he's crawling, right? And then once again, he starts running really fast, crawling. But then you never know when it's the last day. Yeah. Because then it won't happen again. Thunderlegs. Thunderlegs, uh, how do you call it? He used to, he used to do this, this I'm at the beach pose. So he'll come, he'll army crawl, he'll 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 crawl, and, yeah. and Thunderlegs is thick, so he's a thick one. Yeah. Uh, Jay Z, he's more of the slim. Okay. So Jay Z, Joshua Zion is slim. Elijah James, we call him Thunderlegs because he's thick and big. He's yeah. a thick one, so he will he will do his little uh, 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 little army crawl, but then he'll slide on his back. So now he's on the side. His little hand is right here. 
as if he's posing. Like he's posing, <laughs> and we got pictures of him, right? And, but dude, you never know when it's the last time. Yeah. Because he doesn't do that no more, man. That that that's gone. Yeah. But you know, my wife took the time to take pictures of them and videotape them so we could always have those memories. But it, it's in those little times whenever you're a dad, it's, man, you love on those kids. You love on them. And you tell them, you're going to be a champion. You're a good kid. I love you. Um, make funny faces with them. And you give them time. And once again, all this has to do with whenever you have a good wife, this is what's going to teach you that, dude. You see, with my oldest son, EJ, I didn't get to do this with EJ because I was more focused of the world. I was more focused on me. I was more focused on making money that mm -hmm. I lost that with EJ. And the contrary, I think the number one mistake that I did that probably some men would make, and I would encourage them not to do this, I would say, I can't wait until you're bigger so me and you can play, right? And I missed out mm. on him being a baby because I was more focused. I can't wait until you're big so you and I can throw the ball together. But I lost the most precious time. And the most precious time was whenever he's a child that he can look at me, he can just give me the eyes. That I'm like, dude, this little human being, it's mine. But see, then you got to go a little bit further now. Because now it goes back to the gift. And now you have a creator of God that he's allowing you to feel what he feels about you. Or how to become a father. Mm. So whenever I see my kids, yeah. I'm like, dude. Like, you know, I used to think that I would never love no other kid more than I love EJ. I used to be like, no, EJ, EJ is my favorite son. He's my only son. I would never love another kid like I love EJ. But dude, the way I love Thunderlegs, the way I love Joshua, Zion, Jacob, the twins, Melanie, it's like, I love them all very different, but I would do anything for them, right? So if you're if you're gonna be a dad, get excited. Get excited. Get really excited. And then tell yourself, am I bold enough and I'm courageous enough to love this child? To really love this child and protect this child. But in the process, am I am I man enough to take care of mom? Because you see, Chris, what I've seen. A lot of times whenever a man impregnates a woman is in the pregnancy era or right after the pregnancy that he splits from his wife because he gets distracted with the world. Mm. So the biggest, the, more, the most important question that I would say to a person that is just going to be a dad is, will you be committed to continue to take care of mom? Because that's what the child will remember. Mm -hmm. How did my dad take care of my mom? You know, and that's my number one commitment that I have with my wife. It's how do I take care of my wife? Now, granted, does that mean you're going to be perfect and you're not going to argue? Granted, man, it happens to all of us, man. We're two different human beings, right? Yeah. Like, I'm Hispanic. My wife is white. Sometimes I want to eat Mexican food. Sometimes she wants to eat something else. We're going to argue, right? But the biggest key that I'm learning is... Am I protecting my wife? Am I showing her love in front of my children, right? My wife and I have a principle that we kiss a lot, right? That we're going to kiss so our children will always see us. Mom and dad will always show each other love, right? And, and that's it, bro. It's you're going to be a new dad. Praise the Lord and tell him thank you. And then tell him to equip you. And then surround yourself with kingdom men mm -hmm. that are fathers, See, when you surround yourself with kingdom men that are fathers, they will share with you principles that work, that really work for your family, right? And that's what I do now. I mean, I got my kingdom mentors where if I'm going through something, I call because they're twice my age 
and they have children that are my age, mm. right? And I share with them what I'm going through and they're like, they'll giggle. And they're like, hey, this is what I did. Hey, this is my suggestion, right? But see, it's important to have that network, right? Because you want those type of brothers in your life that are going to bring light into you. And if you want to be a dad that's really there for your fam, it's really, see, there's a saying back in the day that said, it takes a village to raise a child, right? While I also believe that it takes a, a kingdom village for one to have a successful marriage, right? So me having those type of relationships have allowed me to develop into a person where I care so much more for my wife and my children. Mm. Man, bro. I'll tell you, I'll keep my response brief. Uh, and so for all my, I, I hope, I hope there's a lot of new dads watching this, you know what I'm saying? Um, or up, up and coming dads or any dads in general, but especially a lot of new fathers. Um, and if you are a new father or you know you're gonna be a new father, some, some key points that I really took um, is one, you mentioned imagining the perfect dad, right? Uh, that's that's huge I think you know what I mean like imagine one of the hashtags that I always put in our posts or I try to put in all of them is hash, it's it's a hashtag be the dad you wish you had you know and I think that that's huge because uh, a lot of us you know at least in, in my experience I didn't have the dad that uh, I wish I could have had and so uh, instead of dwelling on that I can just be the dad that I wish I, that I, that I had, you know, um, don't take time for granted, especially those early years like that right there. I'm glad that you brought that up too, because my son, he'll be 10 months soon. You know what I mean? And so that's, that's something huge for me. You know what I'm saying? To, to, to remind myself of, especially in these early years where he's just now learning to like stand up on his own and stuff, you know? Um, you never know the last day. It's so funny that you said that because literally, bro, like 45 minutes to an hour ago, my wife just said that she saw a post on Facebook that made her get emotional because uh, there was a guy that posted saying something about, you know, uh, you know, you never know the last day that you're going to be able to hold your child because uh, I was holding my son. We were, I was, we were just sitting on the couch and I was holding him like a baby. And, uh, you know, she's like, oh, man, because uh, I even said, I was like, man, one day, isn't it crazy? One day we're not going to be able to hold him like this. And she's like, man, I'm, you know, why'd you bring that up? Because it had me think about this post that I saw. And this guy said, you never know the last day. So it's so funny that you brought that up, man, because she literally just said that an hour ago. So fathers, if you're about to be a new father, if you are a new father already, keep that in mind. You never know the last day. So all these little things that you're doing, um, you know, if you're in that every two hours phase where you're feeding the baby every two hours and you're up and you're tired or whatever, you know, those days are going to come to an end, but there are some, there are a lot of great precious moments in those times, even though you're tired, even though you're delirious from being tired, you know what I mean? Like there's some precious moments. You never know when those moments are going to come to an end and everything after that. So I think that was beautiful that you said that, um, love on them, be goofy with them, make silly faces. Like that's, huge that's something that if we like you said get caught up in the world those are those little things that we don't even that we forget to do be goofy with them be silly with them like those little things man the things of the world will the, as time goes on the things that we'll realize that the things of the world have they matter so lips that have so much such little value in comparison to those little those things that we think are little that are actually huge um and then uh dude i thought i think that i have a buddy that can relate to what you said about saying that you can't wait until um ej ej uh you can't wait till he's big you know so you can play with him and stuff and you said that, that you know it kind of caused you to lose out on those early years i think that that's a that's a huge message in itself to a lot of fathers in general you know um and you said get excited that's a big one get excited get excited don't let people's negative energy influence you what what you expect out of fatherhood you know a lot of people and 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 a lot of people don't mean it in a bad way 
But when you tell people, oh, I'm about to be a father soon, a lot of their reactions sometimes are, oh man, you can, you can kiss your free time goodbye, or you can kiss your, your, uh, I hope you're getting good sleep because you're not going to get any more whenever you, you know, and, and they may not always have uh, negative intentions, but those things when they're said can sometimes negatively influence, uh, you know, a father's expectations of what being a father is. And right. so you said, get excited. I think that that's, that's huge. That speaks to every father that is a father is expecting to be one like hey get excited about the experience because you're gonna it's it's just it's it's something worth it's gonna be worth so much more than you can put into words um take care of your wife take care of your take care of their mom like that in itself i don't even have to say anything about that because you said plenty um about the importance of that and then the importance of community and network huge the importance of community kingdom community the importance of having a network of men that fellas you need that and the, the the longer i am a father the more and more and more i need that even if you're not a father even if you're somebody who is listening to this and you don't and you don't have any children on the way you still need that community you still need that network so i know i said a lot but i really wanted to 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 lay out all those points that i got from that answer because like that spoke to me a lot, especially because my son is so young. So everything that you said, like I'm literally living through a lot of that. You know what I'm saying? So that was huge, brother. That was huge. Um, okay. So whenever you and I first talked a little while back, and I, okay. So whenever I, you and I first talked a little while back, you told me to tell your kids that uh, you love them a million times a day and tell them that they are good kids. Uh, and then you said the one thing that you taught your kids the most is confidence. And you actually told me that story about you and EJ watching a movie and, and allowing him to share those emotions. Um, you told me that story whenever you and I first talked on the phone. I think we talked after I heard your interview, uh, that FFL interview, whenever you uh, went on. So yeah. Um, so just real quick, real briefly, bro, just like, why is it important to live those two things out? Like to live out that telling your kids you love them a million times a day and making sure that they're confident. Like, why is that important to actually live that out? Man, bro, bro um, you know, the way you build kids' confidence up, it's by you listening to them and by you telling them constantly how much you love them and how good they are. You see, the world's gonna tell them they're bad. The world is, right? It could be a teacher, it could be a kid playing around. The world is going to tell them they're bad. Mm -hmm. My job is to let them know that they're good, right? Even whenever my kids do something bad, my duty is not to tell them they're bad. My duty is to tell them your action was not the right action. It was your action, but you're a good person, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, me seeing my boys, all my kids, how the more that I listen to them. And one best way that you can add confidence to your child is if your child is trying to tell you something, look at them in the eyes. Look at them in the eyes and then agree with them if it's good. And then if it's not, then ask them, hey, are you open for a different suggestion? Are you looking for, would you like a different idea? Because this is how I see it, right? If another thing that you can do is, um, one thing that I did with EJ as he was growing up, I would take him places and, and I would have them pay. I would have them do things that adults would be the one doing it because I wanted to make sure that I build the confidence. If I would ask them, where should we go out to eat or what, what do you think we ought to do today? Whatever they did, I would do it because I would let them know that your choice that you made or the decision that you made or the things that we ought to do was a good choice, mm. right? So now they will never have to re-question, man, if I do this, would this be the right choice? See, they'll be confident to know my choice is right, right? Mm -hmm. So if we look at the world, we live in a world of sales. This whole world is sales, right? Who is the person that wins? The confident person always wins, right? But what if we have a person that's not only confident? And I'm talking about arrogance and I'm not talking about ego. I'm talking about true, genuine confidence. Mm -hmm. How do you know the difference? A confident person is going to build somebody up. 
a person that has ego and pride is going to be look at me right i'm the big stuff but in reality what you really tell the world is you have no confidence you just allow an ego to be a face mm. because in reality you don't know who you are within right my job is to teach my children confidence of jesus christ living within them the holy spirit right so whenever they speak they know that their that their voice matters my my my, my son jay-z he's two years old he just turned two years old and, and jay-z he loves singing dude like this is another thing that i can tell you about a child look at them look at the gift that your child has all your children have a gift and their gift is going to be obvious at a very young age my wife and i we made a commitment that our oldest children all you know they're going to public school and they're going to the whole school system right i mean we made a commitment her and i when we married that our two little ones we were not going to take them to public school right we're, whole education for our little ones is going to be completely different because yeah. i didn't agree with the school system right i don't need somebody to teach my, my son garbage like i'm going to discover my children's gifts mm-hmm. And I'm going to teach and I'm going to make sure that I expose them. And I'm going to make sure that their gifts are the ones that they focus on. Granted, we're going to teach them reading, math, science, and all that good stuff, right? But we're going to focus on their gifts, right? Because that's what we're here for, man. We all have the gifts. So I see that my my youngest son, uh, so we have, uh, he watched the, 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 the movie Frozen. And whenever it's time to sing, like my dude will act it out and he will sing right and, and then he will show his emotions and everything now he's into uh uh toy story three those toy stories three is with a little uh red bear and okay. there's a scene towards the end that the red bear is like he's supposed to press the button but he's a weasel and he tells woody where's your child now right and they get dumped into the trash he's about to get into like the furnace okay. and woody and all the little team squad they're like man we see our faith and where faith now is we're about to die. So let's all hold hands. So my son, whenever that part comes around, he'll go and hold mom's hand and he'll call me because we're holding hands, right? So how do you build confidence? It's how do you build confidence in your child right there? It's by you removing your adulthood mm. and being involved with your child at that moment, not being on your phone. Not going in there and grabbing his phone, grabbing his hand while you're on your phone scrolling through social media or doing an email. But putting that phone down and grabbing that, grabbing that hand of that child, right? And just seeing that sparkle in his eye, right? Because at that moment, what you're telling your child, what you're telling him is, man, what you're doing is good. What he's thinking to himself is, man, mom, dad, right? And now the way he's, he's teaching my little younger son, his younger brother, dude, it's, he speaks. Like, if you see my voice, like they'll talk to you, right? They're not, they're not scared, right? But, and I think that if most men, most of us, especially as men, that is our duty. Our duty is how do we build, or how do, not how do we build, how do we raise kingdom men? Mm-hmm right and the way you build a kingdom and it's by first and foremost he knowing jesus christ and then secondly it's by that child having confidence right so teach them confidence by loving on them right love on them so much man thank you for that brother thank you for that i'm i'm gonna leave that's another one that i'm just gonna leave there for for everybody to soak in and i got two more questions for you brother as far as uh you you talked about travel so how has your experience of different cultures around the world uh impacted you as a father uh if it has at all man man i'll tell you this if you have not traveled the world then I would encourage you to do it. You don't need, if you're a single guy, a single girl, I don't know about a girl, single guy, Yeah. you don't need nobody. Right. You don't need a team to go travel the world. When I started traveling, it was by myself. And I realized, dude, I found the most coolest people in the planet. And the coolest people on the planet, dude, are, are dreadfully to say, 
are outside of America. Mm. Well, why is daddy very simple? Because you'll find real genuine people. Mm. I found some really cool off the wall people because I wasn't staying in the resorts. Like I didn't want to stay in the resorts. I didn't want to see American people. I didn't want to see bougie people. Yeah. Like I wanted to meet people. Like I wanted to meet the world. Right. Man, I met some of the coolest people in Israel. I met some of the coolest people in Turkey, Greece, Spain, Italy, uh, Rome, um, Thailand, Japan, uh, Vietnam. Mm. Uh, how do you call it? Um, dude, I met some of the coolest people, man. Like genuine people. Like there's one universal language. And once again, it's the same thing that we've been talking about children. And that is the language of love. The language of love, man. Anywhere you go, dude, you can go there with, it doesn't matter. But you go in there with a big smile, people will help you. Yeah. It's crazy. People will help me everywhere I was at. I come to America, and sometimes when I'm smiling, people think I'm crazy. Like, why is this guy smiling for? Yeah. Like, why, why, why are you smiling? And it drives me bonkers. I'm like, man. Jim Rohn said, uh, uh, how do you call it? Uh, mysteries of the mind, right? Yeah. Other places in the world, people are smiling, dude. And so it taught me a lot of, I knew what I was meant to do whenever I started to travel. Now I made a commitment to my children that the moment they graduate from high school, instead of them going to college right away for one whole year, I will, I will have them travel the whole world. Like I will pay for everything. I will fund all their trips for one whole year for them to visit the whole world, right? Now the purpose of them visiting the whole world because it will allow them to discover who they are. So if my kid comes back and says, dad, I wanna be an officer. I know that my son is gonna be an officer, not because of the money, not because of the rules or the benefits or because he has a badge, but I know that now he'll be an officer because in his heart, he has a heart to serve the community right regardless of the ethnicity he will have the heart to serve if he or she wants to be a doctor they will come and be a doctor and not sit there and ask you chris what kind of insurance do you have yeah you see he will do his job and that is i'm gonna take care of you chris regardless if you have insurance or not because i'm gonna take care of you See, I realize that whenever you truly operate from a given point of view because you are tapping into your gift you're not asking how much are you going to pay me? It's not in your essence. Your essence is give because that's your gift and you got to give it because if you really apply the law of giving, you will know and you will understand and accept the more you give, the more it's going to come back. See, in the book of Malachi, this is the only part in the Bible in the book of Malachi that, that, that God says, test me, test me, that you will not outgive me. Mm. You will not outgive me. Like the more you give, I'm going to pour back into you. So just test me on this. Right? So I know if I teach my kids to travel the way I did, they will come back in whatever profession they're going to go into. I know from, from, from I'm 100% sure my kids are going to be like, I'm doing this because this is what I'm called to do. Instead of me telling them, go to college right away. Now they're just following probably an influence of their friends. Probably somebody came into the school. They saw something. Maybe they think they like something. How many times have we heard of people going to school and they got a degree for this and a degree for this? They got more degrees than a thermometer. Mm -hmm. And where are all those degrees at? In a box. In a box somewhere. Yeah. I'm one, for example, right? I got a physical degree, master's degree somewhere in the attic. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm still, I, I paid up all those loans. And I never used it, mm. right? So I just paid money just to have, right? But if I would have, if I would have had the opportunity to travel the world, I would have came back and I would have been like, dude, I don't want to be a physical therapist. I know what I'm called to do. Yeah. And that's not to be a physical therapist, right? So that's what I would encourage any man that, that it's one, doesn't probably have children right now, travel the world. Right, and if you do have children, also expose them to the world. Now, I'm not saying if you have a child, you have to go and take them to Israel, right, or take them to Vietnam. You right, know, probably you don't. He or she doesn't have the finances, and it's cool. But that doesn't mean that 
you can't take them to a different city. See, the one thing that Stacy and I agreed on, Stacy is my beautiful wife. The one thing that her and I uh, agreed on was that we would take our children to different cities and places and locations. The whole purpose behind that is because we want to expose them. We want to expose them to scenery, right? We want to expose them to other people, yeah. right? So in our journey, our, our vision for the next year, for the next two years, is for us to be back in the trip and on going to different countries and spend a whole month in a country and taking our children with us, right? Whenever my boys turn five, six years old, our goal is for us to be living and have a house in Spain and be in Spain for a couple of months. And then from there from Spain, go buy a house in Vietnam and stay in Vietnam for a couple of years. Now, why is that? Very simple. I wanna make sure that my kids are exposed to the world. Mm -hmm. so they can really get to see it right they can really get to experience it and they can experience people do the biggest thing that i want my children to experience is people and not i gotta make money so i can go buy a freaking ferrari and i'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it dude. my goal is if you look at my vision board bro, i got a world's glory so i'm not saying that having a nice car is bad right but what i am saying dude it's Whenever you want the Rolls Royce, but do you really care about people? Six Ziggler said, you can have everything you want in life if you first help many others give what you want, give what they want. Let's go to the book of scripture, Solomon, the richest man in the world, probably even more wealthier than, than the, the, what's his name right now? Than, uh, what's his name? Amazon, dude. He was probably more wealthy because he was Sanskrit. He was the wealthiest man alive, right? So anyways, Solomon was asked. God comes to Solomon and says, dude, what do you want? See, at that moment, Solomon could have been selfish. He could have said, I want immortality. I want to have millions of, of currency and all the women in the world. But see, what did, what did, what did uh, Solomon ask for? He said, I want wisdom. But then what did God said? Because you ask for wisdom, not for yourself, but for others. Not only, not only are you going to get wisdom now, but you're going to get everything else too. Mm. The book of Matthew, what does Matthew say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God in all of its righteousness. And everything now shall be given unto you. Now just imagine if you were to teach that to your children at a young age. Now just imagine what would it look like if most men would truly know that and they would operate in that end. How would it look like? Now you would not see me as competition. Mm. Now you would see me as, dude, this guy has a really cool gift. He kind of similar to mine. Let's bond. Mm -hmm. Dude, I love what this guy's all about. Dude, your gift is freaking epic. Like, I, you, this is my gift. But your gift is awesome. How can we, how can I add value to you? There you go. We don't do that. In the contrary, it's like, man, how did he get that? Or, you know what? I don't even like that. Dude, change that. Right? And this is not that. It's just, there's something that you wish you had. Or, hey, man, I just don't want to see other people succeed. Right? So we're more like crabs. The more we see other people succeed, the more we want to put them down right so yeah traveling is something that i would encourage everybody bro do it i would encourage you set a plan that whenever your children graduate high school send them to travel the world for a whole year mm. do it and if that's you know the world's looking crazy whatever that might look like six months three months yeah. let them experience people right because I remember when I was in Thailand, dude, here I am in Thailand by myself. I got a moped and, and I come to this block that it was just like, I was in the Rhine neighborhood and it was like gangster Thailand, you know, Asian people. Just imagine Asian people were like from the block, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You think about the block, you think about a Hispanic person or a black person, and you know, that's what you're yeah. thinking about the place. You got, you know, Asian people, you're like, yeah, they're little Asian, but they're like, like straight up hardcore yeah and, and they look mad dude they look mad and then all of a sudden 
uh, I passed by and I just found like, and then this is this is their faces. Their faces were from. Hey, and I was just <laughs> like at that moment, dude. It was just ding. Yeah, that was it, dude? That right there, God showed me my universal language is love. Hmm. That's my universal language is love. Everywhere you go, we Sig Ziglar said, you can go out into the world seeking for friends, and you will probably find few to none. But if you go out into the world being a friend, mm. you will find many. Man. Last, last thing. If you could have any superpower, if you could have any superpower, right? Um, this is the golden question that I ask all fathers. Any superpower, what would it be? And what would your superhero name be? I could have one superpower. It's for me to tell all men that they are worthy. Mm. They are worthy. And, and the God loves them, bro. That is, God is faithful. That will be it, dude. Like, I think most most men we we want to hear. We can be big thugs. We can be gangsters. We can be CEOs. But dude, every man likes to to be told by by a dad, dude, you you did good. So my superpower would be if I can go more in debt now. The more I think about it, it's for every man to experience their dad telling them, I love you, you are good, and I'm proud of you. Let yeah, that would be it. I gotta, yeah, I'm trying to write this down, man, because um, I'm gonna need this. Um, I'm gonna need this, so. I love it, man. Like, I love every part of that. And at the end of the day, I know and I believe in my heart that uh, every word spoke on this Zoom tonight is, is going to bless somebody outside of outside of us. So, um, man, I think that that's a great place to, at least for me, to end my part. Um, and did you have anything, any last words that you kind of wanted to add for anybody out there? And just raise, bro. It's just raise, it's time for it's time for men to raise up and real men to stand up, man. You yeah. know, there's a saying that goes, um, tough times create a strong man. And good times created weak men. Mm. I believe we're in the stage of weak men. Mm -hmm. And I think it's time for most men to start, you know, putting on the big boy pants on and, and it's time for us to go to work. Mm -hmm. How do we do that? Very simple. Go out there and, and, and be an example of what a man looks like. Right. Right. A man, a man that has three girls because he has a penis, that's not a man. That's just a big boy. That's a child that is grown, that's lost. A man is he that can say, I respect women. Mm -hmm. I respect, if I have a spouse, I respect my wife. I never give another woman the opportunity to flirt with me because my standard, the energy that I release is a standard that my wife is my everything and I will not let flies come near me. Does that make sense? Yes. See, if we were to be like that, it would look, it just imagine how that would look like, man. Right? Just imagine how men would look like, how, how they would act, the respect that we would have with one another. So I think the challenge that I would have for all of us would be for us to be an example of what a kingdom man looks like. And that is by us truly walking by the principles that we have learned or are learning 
from scripture. See, anybody can quote, anybody can post, anybody can make videos. But the question is, are actions a reflection of what we'd say? And that should be the most important thing. I've seen so many men that post, but then you look at their actions and it's like, well, wait a minute, it doesn't add up. Right. Right. So I think if we can do less posting, more action, people will be like, dude, something about Chris is different. What is it? What is it about Chris that makes him different? Man, when he walks into the room, something about that man is different. I see the way he treats his wife from a distance, but I see it. I'm not talking about just social media. I've seen him in the street. Because something about that guy is different. See, at that moment, we get the opportunity to share the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. The respect that I have for my wife, the respect that I have for my children, it's the high standard, right? So my, my encouragement and challenge for a man is stand up, man. Level up. And let's go out and be an example to our woman, to our children, what a man looks like. Beautiful, man. Amen, bro. Um, man, I thank God for the time that we had together, brother. Um, and I'm just excited to share this. So uh, for everybody watching, um, man, this was great. And I... I mean, I'm gonna watch this, I don't know how many times. Um, but I, I just wanna thank you on behalf of myself, on behalf of my wife, Kylan, my son, and all our uh, viewers, bro. Just thank you for your time, man. Thank you for what you do outside of giving your time. Um, you know, just thank you for, for what you do as a father, right? Uh, you know, cause I think that's something that a lot of fathers don't hear a lot is, is thank you. You know what I'm saying? But 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 thank you for the acknowledgement of the, of, of the Holy Spirit within you and the acknowledgement of God that gives you the strength to do what you do, because that's yeah. something that that we need. That's something that we need. We need that vocalized. We need that awareness for everybody to see that, hey, it's not me. You know what I'm saying? Like what you see is me, but I'm telling you it's not me, because if it was me, it wouldn't look like what you see. You know what I'm saying? So, man, like I said, we could go on and on and on, but thank you, brother. I know you got a family to get to, so I'm gonna let you go. Uh, for everybody watching, this has been ETE, Expect the Extraordinary, Edward Mendez. Um, we're gonna make sure to shout, shout you out, shout out your page and, and, and have people go follow your, uh, your stuff. He shares a lot of great content. So we'll put all that in the caption. We'll put all that in the post. Um, and just thank you again, brother. We love you, man. Thank you, brother. Have a blessed one, man. All right, bro. I'm going to talk to you soon. <laughs>